going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I'm your man, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you're doing well. I hope you're in the middle of a fantastic day. Certainly, this day is off to a very intriguing start. There's a lot that's been going on in the world of wrestling, and of course, we're going to talk about that right here on The Faction. A big thank you to all of you who are joining us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. Shouts to all of you who are subscribed to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google. Thank you for finding us and thank you for listening. It means the world. And if you're doing both, man, I appreciate you for sure. Let's continue to spread the word about all that's happening in the faction. So talk about us on your socials. Share us with your friends and loved ones because I know you are not an island to yourself when it comes to pro wrestling. In the pro wrestling community, there is always somebody that we had to talk to. So in that conversation, be sure to mention the faction. So there's a lot of news to talk about. Today we're going to talk about NXT, we're going to preview Tales from the Territories, which debuts next week, but there's some interesting AEW news to talk about, and I want to start, since today is Wednesday, talking about AEW Dynamite, particularly from last week. So you know, AEW Dynamite, the Grand Slam edition, is usually a very big show, and I say usually, even though usually is an unfair thing to say, since they've only done one right? Last year was the first ever Dynamite Grand Slam and Rampage Grand Slam, which brought some significant ratings. And so I feel like AEW thought this was going to be one that knocks things out of the park. Instead, the ratings weren't nearly as big as AEW thought they would be. AEW Grand Slam did indeed garner more than a million viewers, but that's actually a decline in the ratings. And so good old JR talked about this on his podcast, and here's some of what he had to say. He said, quote, it was an interesting thing. How do you explain the fact that AEW does around a million viewers on a big time hyped show that is loaded with five title matches? How do you justify or explain that? I don't know the answer to that conundrum. I really don't. You'd think we were providing the audience with what they wanted to see. All of our top programs, all the titles that were significant are getting some exposure. When you don't have those massive numbers that you were hoping for, it's hard to explain why that happened. Well, I'll say this. I don't claim to know more than Jim Ross, but I do think a couple of things. One of the things that I think in the world of AEW is they're going to have to acknowledge that the media scrum has had an effect on how people view AEW. There's that. The second thing they have to consider is last week was a season premiere week. A lot of big shows came onto the major networks. And if you're looking at people who are trying to decide between Abbott Elementary and AEW Dynamite, if they're Abbott Elementary fans, they're going to go that route, right? So the thought there that AEW's five title matches were going to be enough to pull people from wherever it was they were tuning into, I don't know. I think AEW is in a bit of a rebuilding space. They are hitting the reset button. And when CM Punk, the Bucks, Kenny Omega, arguably your most popular wrestlers, are gone because of a media scrum that just went to hell in a handbasket, I think you've got to acknowledge that there is some collateral damage that has been done to the goodwill of AEW. And I think, no offense to Jim Ross, but I think 
because he's so insulated, right? Because he figured, oh, we've put a great card together. Well, listen, you can have a great card. You can have a great album, right? If you're an artist, you can have a fantastic album. But if the rest of the publicity around you is not good, it may not turn in your favor in terms of people paying attention to it. So I think AEW is in a space where they're going to have to really do a couple of things. Number one, and I think it's good actually that a Jim Ross, a Chris Jericho, and several others who were a part of WWE while WWE was trying to figure some things out, they're gonna have to go back to those days. Remembering this, that you have to stay consistent with your product before things turn around. You cannot immediately bounce back from what happened at the top of September. Let's just remember that. All Out was at the top of this month, and we're still feeling fallout from it. So we've got to acknowledge that. In fact, I think they should be glad that they pulled a million viewers for AEW Grand Slam in light of what happened at the top of the month. And now they're in a rebuilding phase. They've got a new world champion. They've got a new Ring of Honor world champion. They've got new tag team champions. It's a bit of a reset. They're going to have to now do what they've always had to do. Create great content in the ring and give wrestling fans a reason to tune in. I think it's an interesting time in AEW because the initial launch of AEW, AEW obviously was a super fun place to be. It was an alternative, and we were often tuning in to see who from WWE would show up in AEW. Well, obviously, AEW did not plan for the media scrum. They did not plan for Vince McMahon to retire from the sport. They did not plan for Triple H to take over WWE, nor did they plan for the WWE product and content to change in such a way that the pendulum would swing toward WWE. So now I think AEW is being tested and they're having to realize that it's not going to be one silver bullet that fixes the AEW issues. They're going to have to continue to bring us great wrestling, which I thought Dynamite and Rampage featured great wrestling. They have to keep bringing us great wrestling, keep bringing us great stories, and keep getting us vested in what's happening. That's significant. And I think once that happens, we'll start to see an uptick potentially. And I do say potentially because you've got to remember that a lot of folks are definitely interested in the WWE product right now. And there's no knock to that. Now, I do think that we don't have to have tribal wars. I think pure wrestling fans can love both products, but I'm not going to hate on someone who chooses one over the other. So this is very interesting, but it's safe to say that we cannot ignore that the court of public opinion and the goodwill that AEW once had, they may not have anymore as a result of that media scrum, and they're going to have to rebound and rebuild, and hopefully they won't get too discouraged by looking at the weekly ratings. Remember, Jim Ross, you were part of the WWE during that 83-week run of WCW. But remember that you stayed the course. Remember that you stayed focused on your product and eventually things turned around. That could be the case again in AEW, but they've got to figure that piece out. Out. Speaking of AEW, there's another really interesting story that's out there that 
I don't know that it took a rocket science or a formal story on this to actually make it something that we would believe. But it's being reported by Brian Alvarez that Tony Khan initially had no plans for Ring of Honor when he purchased it. Now, if you're paying attention to Ring of Honor, you would be able to easily acknowledge that that's the case. But let's dig in a bit more because apparently the way this went down, it was clear that WWE was in the race to acquire Ring of Honor. And there were others who were in the race as well. So Tony Khan didn't want the opportunity to slip by, so he went and bought it. And of course, he made a blockbuster announcement the day that he bought it, saying that he's purchased Ring of Honor, but he did so clearly without a plan. And so here it is now, six months since the purchase of Ring of Honor. We still don't have a television show for Ring of Honor. We now have our second Ring of Honor world champion crown since the purchase of Ring of Honor. And yeah, now that guy is Chris Jericho. Now there are those who believe that Chris Jericho being the Ring of Honor champion is being used potentially as an opportunity to make Ring of Honor attractive to some TV network. I don't know. I mean, certainly it was the plan used for AEW, which is why Chris Jericho became the first world champion there. But I think there were some different things at play as well that we've got to be able to acknowledge. Case in point, yes, Chris Jericho became the world champion, but he became the world champion at All Out, which was in September. And of course, by then, there was an AEW deal in place for Dynamite, which was going to debut about five weeks after that. I believe that AEW Dynamite actually came to be not solely because of Chris Jericho being the world champion, but because you also had the red hot excitement, the name recognition of Cody Rhodes. You had the Young Bucks doing a big, big thing. Of course, remember Bullet Club, the Bucks, Cody, the Elite. Remember, it was so big at one point that they were selling Bullet Club merch in Hot Topic. Right, Hot Topic had only been reserved for WWE merch in terms of pro wrestling, but they changed that. So when you're on the heels of that, certainly there's a lot more momentum. AEW and Ring of Honor are different places right now. You don't have a Cody Rhodes there pushing Ring of Honor. You don't have the the momentum of the Bucks and the Elite. So I don't know that Chris Jericho, which could have been the icing on the cake for AEW, would be enough for the whole cake for Ring of Honor. Time is going to tell, but I do think that six months into this thing, no TV deal, it just furthers the fact that there really was not a plan for Ring of Honor. Consider this, AEW was launched in January of 2019, and they had certainly announced a television deal before we got to it. They debuted on TV in October, but they had a TV deal circa that summer, like July, August or so. So you could argue that was six months, okay? But with that said, there was a lot that was being done with AEW. I just think it's different. And so it's clear, again, there wasn't a plan. Obviously, Tony Khan is pretty interested in getting a TV deal. I'm not sure what the holdup is in terms of why there's not a TV deal already or at least some sort of internet product available for Ring of Honor. But so be it. It is 
what it is. When we come back, we're going to talk about last night's edition of NXT and a brand new show getting ready to debut next week on Vice TV. Hey guys, it's me, DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, and I want all my Georgia people to know that the number one promotion in the state of Georgia is Southern Honor Wrestling. That's right, I'm talking about the boys up there in Canton, GA, turning it out. And this is gonna be their four year anniversary, October 7th. You don't wanna miss it. It's all gonna start with the Diamond Cup Invitational. Two rings, 12 guys, one winner. When it's all said and done, baby, there can only be one. October 7th, don't miss Southern Honor Wrestling. Bang! It's the Mac Militant. Let's get ready to kick it. Holla, holla, holla! Hey, what's up, players? Better than your Hall of Famer, Teddy Long. And on October the 7th, I'm going to be in Canton, Georgia for Southern Honor Wrestling. Now, they're having that big anniversary there. That's going to be a big show, and I certainly want to be a part of it. Y'all come out October the 7th. Southern Honor Wrestling. Holla at a player. Last night marked the latest episode of NXT, and I do think it's safe to say this is the final episode, I believe, where we see the arena of many colors. This episode was also taped, so we will once again be live with NXT next week, which is October the 4th, and again, once we hit October, we're hitting season premiere time because the following week will be the season premiere of Raw, so it almost feels like they're going to do a week of season premieres for WWE, which will include NXT, SmackDown, and Raw. With that said, some of the highlights from last night's episode of NXT, we saw a lot of setup for Halloween Havoc. Triple threat match will now happen for the NXT title as Braun Breaker will defend against JD McDonough and Ilya Dragunov, two of NXT UK's finest with Dragunov, a former NXT UK champion. Mandy Rose defeated Fallon Henley. We also saw Wes Lee defeat Tony D'Angelo to gain a spot in the North American title ladder match after an injury happened to Tony D'Angelo. We saw the debut of Sol Ruka, who defeated Amari Miller. Joe Gacy defeated Cameron Grimes. Nikita Lyons defeated Caden Carter. Ilya Dragunov had his NXT debut as he defeated Zion Quinn. Brutus Creed defeated Damon Kemp by disqualification when Damon Kemp just went off with a steel chair. And in the main event, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen defeated Gallus in a pub rules match. So, a couple of interesting things. One of the funniest things that happened, there was actually a dig by NXT to Dave Meltzer. It happened during a segment involving Chase U, where Andre Chase asked a member of the media a question, and the member of the media's name was Dave. And Dave asked a certain question, and then, of course, Chase went off talking about five-star matches, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It was pretty comical, pretty brilliant. I love it when humorous things like that happen on WWE programming. So shout out to them. Again, I believe this is going to be the last week that we see NXT 
in its current environment. I believe that they have taken the last two to three weeks to be able to make changes to the NXT arena, to adjust the branding, to reflect the new black and gold. So this means that next Tuesday should be very intriguing. It will once again be a live show. Can't wait to see it. What's also going to be different this year is that Halloween Havoc is actually going to be a premium live event happening on October the 22nd, as opposed to a regular event happening on NXT television. So that should be intriguing to see. I'm looking forward to seeing what that produces, but it's already shaping up to be a really solid card. Before we go, I want to talk about a brand new show that's happening next week, immediately following NXT. It's called Tales from the territories it kicks off on october the 4th at 10 p.m eastern 9 p.m central on vice tv it is a joint production involving the creators of dark side of the ring and seven bucks production with the executive producers being dwayne the rock johnson and danny garcia this entire series is going to talk about stories from the territory days now if you're unfamiliar with the territories a quick history lesson before we lived in a land of wwe and aew and before we lived in the land of the monday night wars between wwe wcw and ecw the world of pro wrestling was was divided into what is called territories. The territories were managed by regional boundaries, and we saw varying wrestling promotions happen across those spaces. It happened that way for the bulk of the 20th century until we got to the 1980s when Vince McMahon took the regional promotion that is now known as WWE and wanted to expand and did so by creating deals to buy out wrestlers from varying territories, ultimately moving us to the WWE, the AWA, and the NWA. The AWA would ultimately fold. Jim Crockett Promotions would ultimately secede from the NWA, be purchased by Ted Turner, and become what would then be known as World Championship Wrestling or WCW. That happened circa 1989-1990, leading us to, of course, the Monday Night Wars, which kicked off in 1995 with the entrance of WCW Nitro. And by that point, the territories were almost just about gone. During the territory days, you had amazing places like Mid-Atlantic, which was Jim Crockett Promotions. You had Florida Championship Wrestling, Georgia Championship Wrestling. You had Mid-South, which involved the Memphis Territories. You had World Class Championship Wrestling. You had really places all over the United States. It's interesting because as we look at independent wrestling right now, you could make the argument that independent wrestling is taking us back to the territory days. So in order to appreciate it, you're going to want to watch this series called Tales from the Territories, which debuts next Tuesday night, October the 4th, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central on Vice TV. So after you're done watching NXT, switch over to Vice. It'll be a full night of wrestling and again, a lot of great stories to be told some of the folks that are featured in this series include brett the hitman hart jerry the king lawler abdullah the butcher gorgeous jimmy garvin and many many others jeff jarrett it's just going to be crazy so you don't want to miss this tales from the territories premiering next tuesday october the 4th 10 p.m eastern 9 p.m central 
from executive producers Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Danny Garcia and the creators of Dark Side of the Ring. All right, with all of that said, remember tonight AEW Dynamite takes place. It's going to be interesting to see the next chapter for AEW with John Moxley as the world champion, three-time champ. Meanwhile, for the first time, I believe, in Ring of Honor history, the Ring of Honor World Championship will be defended on Dynamite as Chris Jericho defends against former world champion Bandito. Should make for a very interesting night for AEW. We'll keep you posted on all things as well as you can check out Battle Slam Aftermath. You can check that out on Fight TV. And last night, I'm honored to tell you that Camp 7 from the Nightmare Factory, that debuted last night as the new graduates had some great, great matches. I was honored to do commentary there along with my SHW broadcast partner, Brandon Benefield. You can check it out on the Nightmare Factory's YouTube page. It's pretty awesome. It was great watching some of the comments there last night. You can check out that show as it is available right now on YouTube. And remember, if you're going to be in the Atlanta area or you want to make a trip to Atlanta, October the 7th will be still here for the four-year anniversary of Southern Honor Wrestling and the stars are lining up for this one. So the DDP Invitational will be taking place. Teddy Long will be in the house and it's just been announced that Buff Bagwell will be in the house as well. So you don't want to miss any of that. That's October the 7th in Canton, Georgia as we celebrate the four-year anniversary of Southern Honor Wrestling. Until next time, family representing from a good brother's Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. I am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. <laughs>